0: We're going to be in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 tonight. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I'm thankful for God's word. I've already told you that I had a day that was crazy today. And my mind was thinking about different things and burdened about things and uh you know in those situations where you just you know feel kind of helpless you know you uh a lot of times we want to fix things make it better but then there are things in our life when we can't do that you know and uh and when you see friends going through uh what they're going through it's hard uh and you know part of you just wants to give up and say you know what it's just Uh, can't focus, can't get the mind in the right space, can't preach, but uh, aren't you glad that the Lord takes over? Aren't you glad He gives us uh, strength where there is no strength? He gives us grace where we don't uh, have what we need and uh, helps us to continue on. But 2 Corinthians chapter 4, we're going to start in verse 5. Um, So 2 Corinthians 4, 5 says this, For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who commandeth the light to shine out of darkness hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. Lord, we thank you for your word tonight. Lord, I ask that you'd help me to preach tonight. Lord, help us. Uh, Lord, to dig into your word, Lord, to g- glean from it, Lord, help us to learn, apply it to our lives, challenge us, draw us closer to you, and Lord, we thank you for it. We're glad that your word, uh, it's its an ever-present help. It's always uh, relevant, and we're thankful for it and its power, and Lord, we ask that you would help us to hear, and Lord, our, helps, our hearts to take it in tonight. In Jesus' name we pray, and Amen. Amen. So he starts off here. Uh, Paul is saying uh, to the church of Corinth, he's saying right here, "...for we preach not ourselves but uh christ jesus the lord yeah. and here's the thing you know i'll tell you uh, as long as i'm here at this church whether it's me uh, behind the pulpit or bob or somebody else we've got to do one thing and that is take the bible yeah. and uh, uh boldly and plainly proclaim the truth you know not yeah. not make it so complex that none of us understand it but just uh like they did uh uh, way long time ago And what was it, Ezra uh, Where he opens up the book and he plainly Proclaimed it so that the people could hear And yes. understand, that's it and, w- and we're still doing that today We're talking about Jesus Christ Every, every time we get up here We may uh, focus on something else But Jesus' name His name will be named We will give the gospel Sometimes shorter than in other sermons But uh, it is going to happen Because uh, listen, I, I'm sure you've been at certain services before where a guy will get up there or, you know maybe you've watched on TV and it's a gal who gets up there and they're talking about themselves you know have you ever seen them they'll get up there and they'll get out their own book and they'll say well why don't you turn to page 111 uh, man I, God really blessed me when I wrote this chapter right here and you know this this is really something deep right here. have you heard that before have you heard them do that? They'll get up there uh, with the book that I've written. I I used to have college professors, and you you know they would write the textbook every once in a while, and then you know you'd wonder if they just did that so that way they'd force you to buy their own book. You know you always wondered that. But uh, listen, we're not doing that. I'm not getting up here and preaching, Mike. I'm not getting up here uh, and and leading you to me because that's not that's not going to help us. Amen. Uh, I yes, I am. God has put me as a leader in the. Church, but uh, I am leading us to follow Jesus. That's the leading right there. We're we're following Him. Uh, we're preaching Him, uh, and this is—I mean, think about it. This is Apostle Paul. Uh, The great apostle Paul, you know, the missionary, the writer, we call him, sometimes we think of him as a Christian superhero. And if Paul's saying we're not preaching of ourselves, he's including himself in that. I'm not preaching about me. He said I'm preaching about Jesus. Uh, and, And so whether we're preaching or teaching or even if we're talking to people about the Lord, we're not talking about ourselves. And not even, and again, I don't want you to bring it up as me, like, hey, come to the church because Mike's there or something else like that. No, come to the church because Jesus is there. Yeah, and yeah. he's worshipped and he's proclaimed and everything else. Amen. That's why we're doing, hey, because listen, if we're bringing men and women to ourselves, that's a problem. Right? That's a problem. You got uh, People have gotten in big trouble following men uh, through their years. Even in the name of religion, they've led them astray. And here's the thing, you uh, uh, if I got up here and, uh, and I uh, was telling you, you know, every once in a while I'll tell you about different things in my life, that's, n- that's okay. But I'm not trying to get you to follow the same path as me because, hey, God's given us each a different plan in our life. Amen. You know, you can't, uh, you know, Jimmy's not going to go back and go to 12 years of college, you know, to go, to try to walk in my footsteps. But he doesn't need to do that. Amen? That's right. Praise God. Praise God that, uh, man, I endured some of those things. It wasn't fun. It wasn't uh, joyous. And I'm still paying some of that off. That's not a great path to follow. Follow Jesus. But he's but he's given us each different paths to go down. He's given us different You know, we're not all working at the same job. You know, he spread us out so we can be a light in our workplaces and our families and everything else. Listen, you can, if you want to learn something from me, learn from my mistakes. Amen. And then let's follow Jesus. Right. Let's follow him together. And here's the thing. He, again, this is Paul speaking. He could have used his authority as an apostle. Right. He could have, he could have thrown his authority around. But look at the end of the verse and ourselves ourselves. Your servants for Jesus' sake. He said, I will serve you guys. I'm a servant of you guys for Jesus' sake. Why? Because he wanted the church to flourish. Not for his name and not for his bragging rights like I started that church and look at how good it's doing. No, he's doing it for Jesus' sake. He said, hey, uh, I did what God's called me to do. I planted, someone else watered, and and if you need something, you let me know because I want to see you successful. Listen, we need to be serving one another. Right? Just like we need to love one another, we need to care for one another, we need to get to know one another, and we need to serve one another and love, teach one another, disciple one another, all these things to go together, but the big thing, the big thing is serving. You know, we're not only serving Jesus Christ, but we're serving each other for Him to help one another. We can't do this alone. If anything I've learned as a pastor, you can't do it alone. You try, the more you try to do it alone, the more trouble you get into. I can't even do it alone if it's just me, amen? We got to do this together and help one another. But when he's uh, serving one another, we're doing it for the cause of Christ, and that should help us to continue on. Because I I don't know about you, I I am so thankful for people in my life that have poured their life into things that have helped me to draw closer to God, that have led me to God, have drawn me closer to God, have challenged me. They, did, they served me, and serving the Lord served me, and that's helped to get us where we're at. And then we turn and serve one another. Amen. That's what God's done. That's what he's put us together for. Look, again, we're talking about uh, the end of the verse. For Jesus' sake, verse 6 for God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness. We, you know, one of the things that I've noticed is when they, a lot of times preached in the New Testament about Jesus Christ, they made sure and reminded people that Jesus is the creator, right? He's the God that created this thing. What an evolution. He's a creator. And aren't you glad he stepped out of nothing and he used nothing and he needed nothing. And John, or I'm sorry, Genesis one, three says, Jesus said, let there be light. And there was light. Amen. He created that light out of darkness. There was nothing. And that same light that just uh, instantly shone around the world uh, and around the universe and everything, that same light you remember the day, or in me, I remember the night uh, when that, I called on Jesus' name and that light shined through the darkness of my soul, lit everything up, uh, uh, what wasn't sure before became sure I knew that I was a sinner and I knew that Jesus died for my sin and I called on his name for salvation and you know what else, Uh, light Up, uh, Our heart is this word right here. It's a lamp into our feet. I'll tell you what, I think I know my heart until I get into this word and realize how little I know and how deceptive it is and how rotten it is. Uh, But aren't you glad uh, that he has given us light? We're not stumbling around in the darkness. Amen. We're not stumbling around like it's night, uh, but aren't you glad? It says, uh, for God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. That same light that lit up creation, that same light lit up our lost soul, and that shows me that the power of the gospel has more power than our Son. Right? You drive down the road and you look on the roofs and they have all those solar panels trying to catch that uh, energy from the sun to power things. I'm telling you what, we've got a bigger power plant than the sun. It's the gospel. It changes lives. Amen. John chapter 1 says in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life and the life was the light of all men and the light shineth in darkness and the darkness comprehended it not. Jesus is the light, right? He's the way, the truth and the life. He is the light of the world uh, and the world has never been the same. Jesus came. They don't want to admit it. Uh, They don't like it. They want to change Jesus and make their own Jesus. But I'll tell you what, for some guy that they say is just pretty normal, but a good, pretty good teacher or a pretty good religious man or whatever they call him, good moral man or a good, whatever good uh, example that they come up with. I'll tell you what, they're fighting awful hard against just a regular old good man that came to this earth, Right? Why are they fighting so hard? Why are they trying to act like it wasn't real? Or or these things are lies or fairy tales. Why? Because when the light came, the darkness couldn't comprehend it. So they got to turn the light off or put the shades or the blinds over their eyes. But because we're saved, the second half of verse 6 says to give light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Listen, you and I... We don't have the full knowledge of the glory of God, right? We have not seen it. We don't know. We couldn't take it. In fact, uh, uh, you know, about as close as you can get is every once in a while, like on the Mount of Transfiguration, they saw the glory, right, his glory. Uh, I think of John. He saw Jesus' glory. They got little glimpses of it, uh, but we don't even have that. But even if you got a little glimpse, you wouldn't have the full knowledge of his glory. But aren't you glad that he's given us some of his glory, right? He's given us a knowledge of some of that. We can get into his word and we can see how glorious He is. One day we will actually see how glorious He is, but I'll tell you what, I can tell that my God's not normal, amen? He's not just some uh, God of mythology or whatever else. He's not just some uh, good old boy or He's not lost or, or doing anything else. He's the God of this universe. He's all power. He's all holiness. He's all righteousness. And I'll tell you what, uh, He's put a little bit of that inside of each one of us that are saved. Praise God. It's Isn't that amazing? Through his word we can see just little bits and pieces of his glory. One day we'll see the whole thing. But look at verse 7. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. That the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. When it talks about earthen vessels. I think about in Bible times. What did they have? They had clay pots. Right? Clay pots. Clay pots. And those pots were the least valuable. It wasn't a pot made of brass or metal or something like that. It was clay, right? Today we got all kinds of different materials. And this would be basically the least valuable, the most commonplace, no big deal, right? It's a clay pot. You use it, uh, you know, it's, it's nothing special. You decorate it a little bit, but it's still just an ordinary made out of dirt fired clay pot, right? That's what it is. And here's what he's saying. He's saying, hey, this same pot that's commonplace, and if it gets a crack in it, you just toss it out in the trash heap, right? Remember the potter, his field that uh, they they bought with Jesus' money, the blood money? They bought the potter's field. Well, the potter's field was worthless because if he broke, if one of them broke... And they couldn't rework it or whatever. It was already hardened. They just tossed it in the field. And those shards were everywhere. And they couldn't use it for farming. Right? It was just discarded after it was done. Look what the verse says. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Right? So if he's equating as a Christian... He's saying, hey, uh, the Holy Spirit's uh, telling us that our body is about the same as those common clay pots, those earthen vessels. And you know, if some people here in society would hear me preach this tonight, they'd be offended, weren't they? They'd be like, now, wait a second. You're talking about my body, right? You're talking about, uh, you know, the one I've had plastic surgery and everything on. The one I've, uh, you know, the, the, bar, the, you know, everything i painted up and gotten all nice and everything else. That's just the common, yes. He's saying that's the earthen vessel. That's the common thing. That's the, the nothing special. But look what it says again. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. That tells me as a Christian, we need to be less concerned with the outside of the clay pot and more concerned with on what's on the inside. Amen. Amen. That's what he's saying. Because he's saying inside of us is a priceless treasure. Right. That's what he's saying inside. Because you think, well, what, what do you mean? Well, inside of us. The God of this universe that we've not even seen his entire glory, but got little glimpses of his glory. That God would decide that he would live inside of this earthen vessel, this dirty, uh, uh, you know, wicked uh, sinner he would die for, right? But while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You know, that's the one, that's what he would decide to live in. Now think about rich people today, right? What do they do? Where do, where do they build their mansions at? Do they build them next to the nuclear power plant, next to the dump, right next to different things? like? No. They put it next to the mountain view, right next to the, the beach with the ocean view. They, they get the best spot, right? Location, loc- isn't that what they say? You know, you put it in the best spot. That's where a rich person would decide to build their mansion and decide to live. But God didn't do that. It says he's, the treasure is in earthen vessels, right? God could have put himself in a beautiful vessel, right? In a, in a perfect vessel. But here's the problem. If he did that, then the vessel would claim all glory, right? But instead he said, hey, I chose to reside in an old clay pot, that way the clay pot's not getting the glory, but God's getting the glory. Amen. That's what he's saying. That the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. That's what he's saying. Why did he do that? Cuz he loves us, amen. That's why he did it. That's why Jesus came. That's why he died for us. That's why he rose on the third day and that's why he resides inside of us. He chose us. What are we? We're clay. We're just earthen vessels that are weak. We're fickle, right? We'll be on his side. Then we'll switch and we'll go back and forth. We're selfish sometimes. We're lazy. We're dirty. We're broken vessels. But I believe Jesus decided to use us earthen vessels so that way he could show this world that he could use anything. Amen? The power's not coming from the vessel. The power's coming from what's on the inside. Now look at verse 8. We are troubled on every side yet not distressed amen he starts getting in verses 8 and 9 and we're talking about trials right we're talking about problems if we're a weak earthen vessel he's reminding us right on the right at the beginning that trouble is all around us amen did you need the bible to tell you that trouble's all around we know trouble's all around Right, it's everywhere. But he's reminding us that hey, we're going to suffer afflictions, we're going to suffer tribulations. Uh, right, we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. Now that doesn't mean we're never going to be stressed. That doesn't mean we're never going to be afraid or anxious or anything. But I'll tell you what, uh, even with trouble on every side, we will never ever have to lose all hope. Amen. Even if everything seems to be coming down from every angle, we still have hope. Amen. Why? Not in the earthen vessel, but what the treasure is on the inside. I think about the Holy Spirit. He's the earnest of our inheritance. Right? He is the evidence. He's the down payment of what's to come. And I think about that. Man, there's trouble everywhere. Right? Everywhere you look. Everywhere on the phone. There's trouble everywhere. Uh, but we do not have to be distressed. We are perplexed. My goodness. You think about this world. What's that word? Perplexed. Puzzled. Right? You know what I find myself saying all the time? I, I look at this world and I have to say it over and over I don't get it. I don't get it. What's wrong with them? That's right. I'm puzzled. And then, I, and then a lot of times after that I'll say, you know what, I don't understand and I don't want to understand. That's Amen? Right. I don't understand what, what's going on in their mind because it's ridiculous. And sometimes we're perplexed because we just don't see a way out. Right? But he says, we are perplexed but not in despair. Amen? And we think what well, we had... Real hope in tribulation and then trouble. Now I'm perplexed. We're not in despair. Why? Because no matter how ridiculous this world gets. And no matter how ridiculous some of the ideas and everything that go on around us. We can look at Jesus Christ and what's he do? One of the things that he does when he saves, he says, the Bible says, they put on, he puts on the mind of Christ. He gives us a new mind, amen? He helps us renew our mind, amen, through his word and the truth. He helps illuminate things so that way the people that are so far in left field, they get saved. They'll start, getting, they'll start turning around, amen? Amen. It may take a little longer for some than others, but I'll tell you what, there is no despair. We can be despair. The devil wants us to be in despair with this world. Yeah, he does. And I would be if we didn't have Jesus Christ. Right. We would be in despair if it was just election day our only help, amen? Or, or if medicine was our only help or psychology was our only help. But we've got Jesus, amen? Woo. We're not in despair. And here's the other thing I have to remind myself that I don't have to figure out a solution to every problem. Amen? Because that's part of the perplexing part. You're trying to figure out, how can we fix this? Guess what? He doesn't need me to tell him how to fix it. I just need to put it in his hands. Amen? Trust God that he can find a way he can take care of it. We're not in despair. Verse 9, persecuted but not forsaken. And this is one of the things that pulled me to this passage today. I thought persecution. You've heard me say uh, that really in the United States, we don't really face much. There's not a lot of persecution going around, right? I mean, not real persecution. I think of in Bible days, you know, they were fearing for their life and different things like that. But I, I, uh, you know, of course, you get updates on Jason's trial. You're looking at it. And I thought that's persecution right there. Amen that's persecution. You, you can't tell me that part of the reason why they're going this far is not because he is a man of God. Amen. They want it stopped. They do. What have they done? Destroyed his career. They're working on destroying his character. They want to put him in jail for the rest of his life. That's persecution. I don't know if we'll ever face persecution like that or what the Bible says or anything else but I can tell you one thing if we ever if we ever see true persecution the Bible promises we will not be forsaken Amen. We will not be let go. We're not be, God will not abandon us or anything else. And you're thinking, Mike, do you really know that that's true? And one of the best examples that I can think of is there's Stephen, the first disciple, right? And before the stones were thrown, Remember, he looked up and he saw yeah, Jesus, yeah. amen? He saw him in his glory on the right hand. I'm getting ahead of myself, but he looked up. He saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand. Then they picked up stones and they start throwing them. And he's saying, Jesus, you know, basically receive my spirit and then lay not the sin to this charge. Yeah, yeah. And I tell you what, uh, that uh, the Lord did not forsake Stephen when the stones were flying. He's not going to forsake us either. Verse 10, or cast down but not destroyed. Those earthen vessels, those clay pots, you throw them down, they will shatter into a bunch of pieces. And some days it feels like that, doesn't it? We're getting thrown down, aren't we? Knocked down by this world. But the Lord says, if you didn't have me, you would shatter. And unfortunately we're seeing that in this world, aren't we? But he says, with me, You can be thrown down. You're not going to be destroyed. Amen. He'll pick us back up. Verse 10, always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus Christ, that the life also of Jesus might be manifest in our body. You know what we wish? Verse 10 started out with this. We wish it said this, always bearing about in the body of the resurrected Lord Jesus. That's what we wish it said, right? It doesn't say that. Always bearing about in the body of the dying Lord Jesus. He's saying, hey, when you walk around with that, you're bearing that body of his death. You know what he's saying? It's the same thing he was saying when you got to pick up your cross and carry it. That cross, we, we use it as a nice symbol today, right? As a pretty symbol. To them, it was a symbol of death and torture and pain. And he's saying, you pick up, you've got to pick up the cross. You've got to bury the body. You've got to bear the body of the dying, right? Of the Lord Jesus. That's the suffering part. He's saying, when we're walking around, right? Remember, who was Jesus? He was the suffering servant. Willingly offered, willingly suffered throughout his ministry. And the suffering increased the closer he got to Calvary. The closer he got to the cross, the suffering increased more and more. We're going to suffer, right? But in our suffering, which doesn't compare to his, we show, what do we show? That Jesus suffered first and we're suffering because of him. And that way we can help show the life of Jesus in our earthen vessel. And here's the thing. We should want to be a constant example of how Jesus can work in our life. I was listening to Cal Ray this morning preach, and he said something that shook me. He said, God is more interested in our character than our comfort. And he was talking about, you know, like Joseph uh, being thrown in prison and different things like that throughout the Bible. And I thought, my goodness, isn't that true? We care about our comfort. We care about stopping the suffering. We care about preventing the suffering. But the Lord's saying, hey, there are times you've got to bear the body, right? There are times you've got to bear the cross. There are times you've got to suffer in the name of Jesus Christ. And the reason is for not only our own character, because it draws us closer to Him, but also to show Him. Amen? Because if we bore around the resurrected Jesus everything's great right there's no suffering he's alive everything's fine but you got to have the death first we have to die out to self for salvation first we have to repent amen and guess what if we're honest with ourselves when do people see God more in our lives when everything's fine or when we're going through a trial amen that's the truth When everything's fine, it looks like we're the reason. When we're still standing, right? When we're cast down but not destroyed in our body. When we're not giving up, they say, wait a second. Why aren't you giving up? Because i got a treasure inside this earthen vessel. Amen? I've got Jesus. He's in there. Our goal needs to be no matter what goes on in our life no matter what we go through no matter what happens look at the last part of verse 10 always bearing about in the body the dying of our Lord Jesus Christ that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body that should be our goal that Jesus might be made manifest in our body he did not make us a fancy vessel a perfect vessel right He made us an old common earthen vessel. Out of clay. Right the potter did that. But he put a treasure on the inside. We've got Jesus. Amen. Amen. He's put the Holy Spirit, the comforter, on the inside. So that way people can see that we're a different earthen vessel than this world. They need to know the treasure that's on the inside. If we focus on ourselves, they can't see the treasure. Amen. But then it made me wonder for myself and for all of us, is that happening? Are people looking at our life and what we go through and are they seeing Jesus made manifest in our body? Right? Go back to the one verse. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Praise God. We got a higher power.